Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay cryptocurrent. We all know there's a race to acquire more Bitcoin. Why not earn more with what you already have? With Tantra Labs app, you can put your Bitcoin to work with up to 12% interest backed in Bitcoin per year, currently the highest interest rate in the industry. So, how does it all work? First, go to tantralabs.io and follow the steps to sign up. Second, after approval, deposit as much or as little as you like. Third, sit back and watch your Bitcoin work for you at 12% interest back per year. Lock in your 12% now by signing up at tantralabs.io. Or you can click on the link in our show notes and on our website. All right, what's going on, everybody? For Cryptocurrent, my name is Stephen Miller. This is my co-host, Richard Carthon. And you are tuning in to Cryptocurrent Live. We're glad to have you with us today. Richard, how you doing? Doing great. Other than uh, crypto kind of being in a little bit of an upside down world right now, uh, which I'm going to get to in a second. But overall, can't complain too much. How about you? Yeah, man. It's been a good day in crypto land, at least you know for the most part. Um, I've been having a lot more fun over on the NFT landscape than uh, anywhere else for the most part right now. So... Um, there's a lot of exciting stuff we're getting into today, guys. We're talking all about FUD and what you need to be doing to distinguish what is FUD from not FUD, what you can count on as true versus what is just a complete lie to get you to sell out of your stuff. But we're here to help you hodl. Uh, we're also going to be getting into a little bit of Q&A later on in the show. We're going to be talking about El Salvador. And we've also got another round of blockchain bets for you where we tell you a little bit about some of our favorite picks for this upcoming week. Of course, nothing that you hear on this show is financial advice. We are simply your crypto commentators, your financial speculators, and your art maybeers. Let's just go with that. <laughs> but we're here to just have a lot of fun and help you understand the crypto world a little bit better um, here at Cryptocurrent. That's what we're all about. So Richard, let's dive right in. What is the big piece of news that you want to cover from this week so far? All right. So the big news we're going to immediately jump into is if you've been paying attention to the market, uh, Pretty much everything fell off a cliff. So Bitcoin was able to test over 52,000 a day um, where it immediately found a gigantic sell wall and got basically squeezed down um, almost a $10,000 move in a day. Now we've seen it since recover back around 46,000 of where it is right now. Um, And uh, bigger news, El Salvador, um, who was uh, adopted Bitcoin as legal tender a while ago, officially has Bitcoin as its legal tender. So if that wasn't unique enough, there was a tweet earlier and um, I'll, I'll share it in our uh, community. Actually, if you're in our Telegram community, you would have seen it. Um, Chris shared it and you can go to McDonald's in El Salvador right now and you can pay in Bitcoin. They literally will give you a receipt with a, a QR code. You can scan it and literally pay for your, your meal in Bitcoin, which is awesome. So it's going to be the gigantic case study of how transactions are going to be starting to use across multiple, um, both retail places, established corporations, and 
it'll be interesting to see how Bitcoin being on a lot of these uh, corporations books now and, and seeing how the market fluctuations and everything else, they could just start accumulating, um, not really do anything with it. And uh, it'll be interesting to see if their profits increase for holding more Bitcoin. So that's a whole nother thing to go and evaluate later. But what I really want to spend time is on today, which is this article right here, is how the entire crypto market pretty much fell today. And when this happens, typically you'll have a lot of people on Twitter, YouTube, YouTube, et cetera, come out and uh, say that the sky is falling, everything is bad, and X, Y, Z. And you want to be able to find what's going on. And um, in today's article and, and what's going on here, they try to look at some of the different ways that all of this is occurring. And the bigger thing here is just how with El Salvador coming in and making it legal tender, even though it fell down, they were able to buy the dip. They were able to buy at a lower price. Um, and will if the bull market continues to go in the direction that we think it could, it could end up being a, a, a pretty sizable uh, play for them as they you know start to get into this market. So I just wanted to start there, um, spend a little bit of, of time, but I want to kick it back over to you, uh, Steve, just to say like, as this news kind of came out, you know, what do you think are the are the bigger implications of this? Honestly, I'm not even seeing this as a big piece of news that we need to be worrying about. And that's just me, right? Like I personally think that the way that the market right now is more institutional adoption either way, but I don't like to think of Bitcoin as currency, regardless of the fact that we're seeing other nations pick it up as legal tender. And please feel free to dispute me on this. But to me, I just think that it's a store of value. Right? Like, fine. If you want to go spend your savings or your, you know, big, you know, 401k type of investment on a happy meal, like live your life. But to me, I don't see the purpose. I just don't get it. And I would rather see countries adding it to their, you know, sovereign wealth funds, you know, because sovereign funds are ultimately what's going to be the bigger play where you see nations hodling long term. That's where we as a market start to benefit. I mean, do you think that the currency side of this is the bigger play? You think that's where you know we're gonna see money made? So, in my humble opinion, my two Satoshis, I think Bitcoin was made with the intention of being spent and being a, a means of currency. However, it has transformed and become truly more of a store of value. And for that reason, um, it's digital gold. Ultimately, I, I see it as digital gold. And it's, you're not going to go around and sell your gold for a Happy Meal. So I think for the purpose of adoption and where crypto needs to go, this is great time and it's, it's very useful. And it's going to be great to see how practical it is to be able to pay in Bitcoin. Um, I think it will adapt and we'll probably start seeing other forms of back and forth currency being traded other than Bitcoin. Uh, but the, the value... Is definitely is definitely there, and, and uh, we will continue to see how this shapes out for sure. But what what so, is your article that you were starting to uh, analyze this week? Before we go there, I want to ask you one other side of this because again, if you look at the market right now, like we're seeing, I think it was something to the tune of like four billion was cut out today. Yeah, right? four hundred billion. Was, yeah, four hundred billion. Sorry, only a couple zeros off. What else do you think is influencing it right now? Because as much as we like to think that Bitcoin's the like the granddaddy of them all, I don't necessarily buy the idea anymore that 
only Bitcoin was at play in this current market pullback. Do you think it was just that we're moving too fast or do you think there's any other factors at play? There's other factors. So usually with Bitcoin dominance being as high as it was historically, when Bitcoin would move, the entire market would move. And we kind of saw that happen today. However, Bitcoin dominance went from being like 41% up to being back around like 43%. So it wasn't like some significant change where when FUD starts happening, people are taking all their, you know, cashing out and then transferring it over into Bitcoin. I think it has a lot more to do with even Ethereum right now with NFT markets being absolutely on fire. Um, I don't know if you've tried to buy anything on Ethereum right now, but gas is just obscene. Uh, It's insane and absurd. And it was made to be a way for everyone to have access. But now it's only being reasonable for people uh, who are wealthy or, or or don't mind spending $100 to $500 for a transaction, which is insane. So... I think that mixed with what's going on with Bitcoin. And honestly, people just taking profits. I, the last month has been awesome. And people have probably just found this opportunity to take some profits, buy back in cheaper, and ride it up to the next wave. Yeah, no, I happen to agree with you. And I think that tees up the next article perfectly. So when we're talking about the Ethereum network and how NFTs have evolved on Ethereum, and again, we like to talk about NFTs often again on this show, um, but we are seeing some really unique things happen in NFTs. And the big piece of news that I want to share today actually comes out of um, what happened at noon with this new NFT launch. This NFT launch is a project called The Sevens. And it was actually one of the highest, most anticipated launches of the summer in the NFT landscape. Um, A lot of people would tell you that The Sevens is just a copycat of On One, which had an enormous launch and has had massive fanfare. But Sevens actually had um, registered their project in advance of the Seven, in, in advance of On One, and had built up an insane amount of notoriety behind it. They had an enormous Discord following, something to the tune of like 70,000 um, Discord you know, users. And then they also had something around, I think, I want to say like 25 to 50,000 Twitter followers. So there was a lot of people that were looking forward to this project. And when it came time to mint, there was only going to be 7,000 available or like 7,777 available. And effectively, within about five minutes, the project sold out and everybody's sitting there wondering, you know, what happened? Like, why is it that we're seeing that none of our transactions went through? Well, come to find out, somebody had decided to write a smart contract to interact with the launch and managed to mint a thousand of the 7,777 NFTs. So they managed to work around the system to mint the vast majority of them. And really, the entire community got pissed off. Um, you saw gas fees that just got burned for no reason. So you had you know thousands of people that were interacting with this contract to no avail. They didn't get their NFTs out of it. So one of the biggest things that at least to me, comes out of this is what can we take away from the evolving NFT landscape? And for me, I see this as the opportunity to sit there and say, okay, NFT creators and NFT artists need to be aware that there's more than one way to exploit a contract. And at the same time, they need to be protecting the people who could be theoretically investing in these projects because they're already high risk to begin with. So I'm not telling people how to do their you know, how to run their projects, how to run their drops. 
But realistically speaking, when you have a project that is going to see millions of dollars in gas fees just off the cuff, whether it's just a part of the you know situation of building it up or it's getting hacked and you're going to see a whole bunch of people pay gas fees and ultimately not get rewarded with anything. That is a huge problem. We need more creative ways to get around that within the NFT world. Um, so Richard, I'm curious if in your experience with NFTs, you have any perspective on how we can start moving away from this and how other projects can adapt. It has everything to do with how you're trying to launch this. And um, I, I think Chris shared uh, with me and I need to find the article to confirm. And again, this is just hearsay right now is it was potentially one of the founders that ended up doing this. And if that's the case, this is even worse. Um, there should be other ways that a lot of this stuff uh, comes to fruition. And regardless of however, whomever came into getting these NFTs, <clears throat> when you're creating all of this hype and then you have that 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 moment of of payoff where where people are coming together and and hyped are trying to buy you know this particular nft and then just to have it absolutely demolished and you lose money like there were people who lost thousands of dollars trying to mint this like literally because of the way that eth is set up you lost potentially hundreds to thousands of dollars trying to pay to get an nft and it to not work out it's frustrating. It's going to make a lot of people get riled up and it's going to make people become less interested. And the way that you can help offset all of that is just to do a little bit more diligence in the sense from a team standpoint and making sure all of this is rolled out in a more fair and equitable way. Um, and unfortunately, this is just one of those that didn't pan out. And, and it's unfortunate. Um, this was really, really great artwork. And the team behind it did an exceptional job in making the community in inclusive. Now, that was FUD, unfortunately. Um, Chris, what Chris was referring to earlier, it was not a member of their community. It was not a member of the founding team that had done this. Um, they had actually backtracked it and they came out with a team statement, like saying exactly what had happened and pointing at the situation, you know, who, where the originating address is, and gave them a lot more context to how it was exploited. Um, you know, I don't necessarily want to get on the FUD wagon too soon because we're going to be talking about that in a minute. But when I think about what different projects can do in the future is they can start looking at the broader community of these other projects and how they're running it. There are a lot more unique ways that projects are starting to roll out their NFTs. Um, if you look at art projects, there's a phenomenal project called Bull Market Girlfriends right now that is making a ton of money, is exceptional artwork, and they're running the entire drop through their Discord server. So basically, all you do is you go join their Discord server, you can see on that feed exactly when they're doing a new raffle drop, and they're telling you exactly when to go in, retweet and get um, this specific tweet that they're promoting up to 170 retweets. And then they drop the new um, piece of art. And you go up and you make an offer on that piece of art of a 0.15 wrapped Ethereum. And in a matter of moments, they'll, put, they'll do a, a raffle drawing of the people who have made bids. And then they'll select based on that after rooting out the bot addresses. It's an extremely fair launch strategy. And it works. You also have projects like the one that we had on a long time ago, Dogs Unchained, who did proof of stake. And they did a pre-release or a pre-sale 
of these stakes that have a unique um, utility in your own community. There's so many examples that I can give, but the reality is, is it doesn't have to be this way. And it should not be this way when your community is this passive. Create demand. Look at what Gary V did. He did a Dutch auction style. The point is, is that guys, there's a lot of different ways that you can go about being a part of the NFT community, but you have to do your diligence as Richard said. So that being said, and let's move this thing a little bit forward. Um, before we do, do us a favor. Remember to like and subscribe. We'd love it if you guys could join us here every Tuesday and Friday on Cryptocurrent Live. We do these shows um, not for us, but for you because we want to make sure that we're educating the community. But we also have a lot of fun doing them. So come and, jo and join us in the chat. Um, and also do us a favor, follow us on Twitter. You've got Richard, my handles up on screen. You can also follow Cryptocurrent at underscore Cryptocurrent underscore. So Richard, let's dive into our next segment. Uh, we do on our Tuesday shows every single week, we do a segment called Crypto Decrypted, where we take a second to decrypt a specific topic within the crypto space to create a little bit more understanding for those of our viewers that are newer to the space, maybe beginners, but also want to start understanding at a higher level how they can find better exposure and solve these things on their own down the road and help others to solve the problems themselves. So this week on Crypto Decrypted, we have this bigger topic of FUD. So Richard, if you could just spell out for the audience for us what FUD is and how it applies to the market at large. So FUD literally stands for fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And as you look at it and you hear it a lot in the crypto space, and I mean, not even just in, in the crypto space, just the equities market all over, a lot of it has to do with the overall sentiment in the market. So what are people talking about? So if back in April through probably June, July, a lot of people who were in the crypto space who were making a lot of content were saying, hey, uh, get ready. We're about to go back to the all-time lows. Um, everything is red. There's blood in the streets, which is its own thing. Blood in the streets just means that the market is red. So um, as you know, when you look at most charts, when it's green, that means it's up. When it's red, it means it's down. So blood in the streets, are, it's, it's bloody out there. Just are, There's blood in the water. It means that a lot of the market is red. It's down. And when this happens, people are just trying to find a new foundation. People are trying to find the floor and support. So we've talked about this previously. When you are looking at charts, uh, technical anal analysis of these charts and a, a good place to, if you have no experience with this, we have some really good resources on crypto-current.co that has some videos on how you can set that up. Um, but if you go to a website called TradingView, um, you would be able to go on there and create a couple of different technical analysis. Or even if you pull up some of the apps that are out there like uh, Coinbase, I believe, Crypto.com, uh, even Kraken, a lot of the places where you go and buy these uh, cryptos, you will be able to see on charts where, where things lay and where uh, things have gone over time, whether it's an hour, a day, a week, a month, um, etc. Now with TradingView, what's great about it is that you can pull in a lot of these crypto prices, be able to put it on a chart, and then be able to find different places of, of, of analysis that helps you have a better understanding and determination of where prices could be headed. Now, again, this is a little bit more technical, a little bit more advanced. There are plenty of videos on uh, YouTube Academy, I like to call it. Just go on YouTube and type in how to use TradingView and set up different technical analysis. Like um, you can use things like RSI, 
um, or which talks about sentiment, kind of like talks about FUD and what people are thinking. You have uh, MACD, you have moving averages. There are a lot. But one of the things that people like to look at is looking at how in the world can you find levels of support, which is means if the price goes down to a certain point, it will hit it and bounce back up. And levels of resistance, meaning it's going up, it hits this level, then it goes back down. So earlier I mentioned that we saw we found a, a level of resistance around 52,000, and then it went back down. It found its support roughly around like 44,000, and now it's trending back up to around 46, 47,000 right now. So we are in this level. Now, when people talk about true FUD, if Bitcoin in this current go around in this example had gone below that next support around 42,000, true FUD would kick in because now we don't, you would have to go to the next level of support, but you don't know if it's going to potentially keep going down from there and if the rest of the market will go with it. And so you try to find different indications that will show and give you a little bit more um, certainty and a little bit more hopefulness of where the market currently is. And usually technical analysis can help you find these things. But if you're not technical, it could be a little bit more challenging. So you would need to find people who aren't just selling you this dream. How they're, they're more basing what they're coming up with based on analysis and, and not just rumors and emotion in, in the market because a lot of FUD tends to be emotional driven and not technically driven. So Steve, I want to now kind of pose it to you. Like as you look at and see a lot of FUD historically, um, and I'm going to pull up a chart in a moment just to kind of show different levels of FUD and how ultimately it panned out. And going back even to the technical analysis standpoint of understanding how history doesn't necessarily repeat, but it rhymes and how it, it, it improves over time. So I'm, I'm going to pass it to you for a second and, and just kind of pose it as what do you think is the most important thing when these moments happen like today for, for people to realize? I think the thing that people need to realize most when it comes to this is asking the bigger question of whether or not what you're reading is FUD. Because when you think about the broader amount of news and media that you're exposed to on a daily basis the term alternative facts and fake news has to come up. It has to. And today in our modern crypto world, there are just as many alternative facts out there as there are real material facts. And so there are a lot of different people out there that are spreading these for a number of different reasons. And that's what I want to make sure that I'm pointing out to you today. Cardano, just as an example, there are tons of different examples out there. Cardano is one of the projects that notoriously has gotten crushed with FUD. Granted, they have one of the strongest communities in crypto, and that's why they overcome it most often. But in the last couple of days, and I'll bring this up on screen real quick, we've seen Cardano get hit by a ton of different bearish sentiment across the market. And it's ultimately caused a certain amount of um, negative trading volume when you look at Cardano's chart. But all of these coordinated FUD attacks against Cardano, they come from somewhere. So my question to you is, where do they come from? Richard, off the top of your head, where do you think these types of FUD attacks come from? What parts of the market? Who are the people that are bringing them out? Well, um, the whales. Okay, so we got whales. Let's get more specific. Do you think certain, certain projects are targeting? Yeah, especially when... So 
that can be impacted in a lot of different ways. I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to get really specific for you. I don't have the exact article, but there were a couple of different articles that were put out through places like Cointelegraph, Coindesk, and I believe the other one was through the Daily Hodl. And if you went down into the comments and you followed this FUD story on Cardano, you could see exactly who was posting. And then you could get deeper into the details and see if you really wanted to, when you see a negative commenter, click on their information, you pull it up, and it turns out that they are a major writer for Polkadot. Then you have another writer below them from Solana. So all of these ecosystems, they go at each other's throats all the time. But this is really the bigger message, is when you look at this tweet from Michael Vandepop, you realize that the reason why a lot of this is happening is to create new entry points for the bigger whales, to Richard's point, that want access. They want to get in at a bit better price because ultimately they don't want to pay where you're currently at in the cycle. So to me, I think that's the bigger message. While I do think that to Charles Hoskinson's point earlier this week, more of these projects need to work together for the benefit of the entire ecosystem instead of tearing each other down. It's a massive problem. Don't have time for that. But all of these institutions need to be held to account because there's plenty, there's plenty of proof out there that the institutions and the bigger whale investors have deep enough pockets that they can go out and actually influence the news they can go and tell a or hire a specific reporter to write a slam story on Cardano or write a slam story on Polkadot, Tezos, Tron, you name it. And they're doing it. They're actively doing it. So to me, I think it's a massive issue. But I'll pull this up. IOHK, the organization behind Cardano, came out after these initial reports and literally knocked out every single claim that was made. So to me... When you have an organization that's strong like Cardano, they can literally re rebut and refute every single negative claim. That's when you know a project is legit. And to me, Cardano's too legit to quit. So that's where I'm currently at with it. But when you are thinking about the broader landscape in FUD, Richard, what exactly are you looking for to solidify an opinion? Because a lot of the time, you, when you're getting to that point, and you want to understand, okay, like, is this a buying opportunity? Or is this something I should actually be concerned about? What are you looking for? So unfortunately, when it comes to news, just like Stephen said, there's, there can be agendas. And it really depends on where you're getting gathering the news from. Um, and technically for sponsored posts, a lot of them do need to disclaim that it is sponsored. So in some of them, you are able to initially find that out. Um, so first, I'm, I'm trying to go find two multiple news outlets, right? So some of the biggest containers out there are Coindesk, Cointelegraph, uh, Daily Hodl, Bitcoin.com, and a couple of others that I'll initially go to and see, are they all saying the same thing? Because usually when that happens, and you need to go look at the authors too, because a lot of them sometimes will post the same article, just a little bit different on various platforms. So if they're different authors doing different things, in that capacity, first, it is a matter of seeing are they are the stories similar as they are going from platform to platform? And if they aren't, what are the big discrepancies? So that's one of the first things I look at. The other thing I, I will go and look at too is just to go back and look at the, the look at the data. Go back and look at the actual technical analysis of what's going on and where again a next 
level of support or resistance could possibly be. Another place to look as well for certain cryptos is to go directly either to their Telegram or their Twitter and see what their community is talking about. Because maybe, and this is usually the first place I go to on a major project, is to go to their Twitter and see if there's been a bug. See if there's been a big announcement or something that is causing people to freak out. Or on the other side, to to kind of FUD in the... In the not necessarily in the in the negative way, but to to degen and to get people to go in and buy as quickly as possible, ape if you will, and to get into a project based on news as well. So I like to go straight to the source and first find out on their social channels has any major news come out. And typically, if there is like a major article that comes out on one of the larger crypto places, if it's a lie, that platform will come out and be like, "Don't follow this," or like. Here's why. And then there will be like a thread or whatever. Or if they say nothing at all, like that is, you know, can be a reason to believe that maybe there might be some truth to it. So I always like to say, go to the source to see what they're saying uh, as well and find out what the communities are talking about. Because if you know one thing about communities, diehard communities, let's talk about um, Cardano. Let's talk about the Ripple Army. We talk about even the, the DAG Army. If there's something going on, they're going to be the first ones to acknowledge it, talk about it and say that this needs to be fixed or blah, 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 blah. And if it's not, they're going to go after whoever came up with some FUD to try to like disrupt uh, price. So I just want to bring up those. Yeah, and all of them are really good points. And I think that I want to take you one layer deeper. And it's only because when I was getting deeper into this space, I wanted to understand how much influence money has over these reporting agencies. And at the end of the day, a media agency today is really tested on their integrity. I mean, look, we all test one another on integrity every single day. It's why we like find ourselves demanding trust. So when I am bringing up the screen right now, I'm pointing out to you a lovely little marketing team over at, the, at Coinbound. And Coinbound has an entire publisher marketplace where you can go and have specific interviews, sponsored articles, press releases, you name it, video promotion, placed into some of your favorite outlets. So just for the sake of getting mentions, you can filter down and see, oh, so you can purchase a mention in Forbes and just go straight through this pour like you're buying something you know, on your favorite e-commerce site and be able to get your project mentioned in Forbes. As we pan over to banner ads, of course, that's where you're getting people buying advertising. But let's take another step. Press releases and sponsored posts are oftentimes not what they seem. So when we're talking about a place that does not have necessarily high integrity, and yes, I'm about to probably talk negatively about a couple of press um, agencies. Um, it's not always about the audience that they have. So for Blockonomy, they're charging $450 for a press release. I can tell you for a fact because I've been on Blockonomy's website and I've gone through some of their news and I've refuted a couple of their sources. Not everything that they're posting is real or true. We keep scrolling down and we start seeing things like CCN probably a relatively small outlet or they're willing to compromise on what news they're willing to publish. 
And it gets deeper and deeper down the rabbit hole. And they can even start going outside of websites like this and targeting things like individual writers. Richard, there was at one point a source, and again, I don't know if you're going to be able to remember it off the top of your head, but there was a source where you could literally go and ask for writers to cover certain topics or cover um, certain news stories that you find are priority and pay them specifically to cover it for your site. Um, do you remember, do you know what I'm talking about? I know you're talking about they reached out to us one time. I don't, I'd have to go through emails to, to, to figure it out, but it's basically you pay this lump sum of money and whatever narrative you want to paint, they will make sure it gets in front of as many people as quickly as possible. Yeah. And they're notorious for just being fluff pieces. I mean, the, for the same exact network, and this is one of the, my favorite things, I showed you what the cost is for a press release on CCN. Through CCN, they rarely will actually tell a reader if it's a sponsored post, but they're charging $3,100 for a sponsored post. So if Polkadot or Solana said, you know what, we want a sponsored post in there and we want to absolutely bash on Cardano, they don't have to actually report who's paying for it. And typically they won't. And that's what you start seeing as you kind of go through sites like this where you realize, okay, I can go to Cointelegraph, who's notoriously run through a ton of negative FUD pieces on a lot of big projects by negative actors. It costs $11,500 per sponsored article and a social chair. It's not hard to track this stuff down, guys, but like you need to take the time to do your diligence on where these FUD pieces can originate, who could be behind them, or if it's just downright decent reporting. Because it still can be factual, but you have to be willing to do the research beyond a certain threshold. So Richard, on that, I was yeah, going to say, go just like it, it goes back kind of to the old saying, right, of buy the rumor, sell the news. Because um, again, I really want to encourage everyone when moments like this happen, and if you're trying to find a project and see what potentially is going wrong, go to the source. These, these projects, they have their own PR team. They have their own internal whatever that if something is going wrong and hits the fan, they're going to, be, they're going to try to get in front of it first. They do not want some outlet to try to beat them uh, and, and get in front of the narrative before they have an opportunity to do it. So um, when, when these things happen, go and look at that. Uh, for Bitcoin, an example, they don't really have like a team per se that are going to go out there and try to deny or, or, or what have you. So you have to do a little bit more diligence on that. but more than anything, when it comes to fear, uncertainty, doubt, make sure you're, you're reaching out, finding trustable sources and finding people that don't have an agenda, but rather want to give you information that you can use to make your own decision. When you have pieces and articles that come out that come with a definitive, you need to think this way, question that. Yeah, I mean, the old saying is trust but verify. And in this case, you have to do that with everything. And it's never convenient. So that's why personally, like when I'm looking for really reliable sources in this space, I'm not looking at Cointelegraph. I'm not looking at AMB Crypto. I'm not looking at Coindesk. I'm looking for the influencers who are connected and who are willing to continually remain unbiased. There are plenty of them out there. Yes, of course, we all have our individual biases, but a lot of people are willing to stay consistent. And that's what I look for is consistency and integrity in the reporting source individually. 
So look, guys, and that'll... Real, real quick, one one final question. And actually, this came yeah. uh, from someone I spoke with earlier uh, in our group uh, who who saw the, 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 the phrase BTFD, which basically stands for buy the freaking dip. Um, when these dips happen, how do you know it's a good buying opportunity or, or when do you feel comfortable that, okay, this is a good time for me to buy? So the big thing to me is wanting to understand where they are at, especially right now within their own recovery cycle. So if we're seeing that the project has just started recovering and we're, because again, like we had that huge fall off at the end of May or the end of April, early May, and everything crashed. But because it's created this U-shaped bottom for a lot of projects, some have already shot up and out of it. Solana, as you probably have recognized if you're looking at the charts, Solana is way past its all-time high. It's creating new all-time highs every day. And in fact, today, it's one of the only projects that did not dip. It kept on going. And I wish I bought more Solana. But when I'm looking at the market, I look at the projects that have a really strong foundational base. I know that their roadmap is projecting properly. Their fundamentals are strong. They have a good team. But also that the news surrounding it at that moment is still positive and there's nothing directly affecting that drop off. If those things, if those boxes get checked, to me, that's an opportunity to buy the dip. And I encourage everybody to be thinking about it that way because there are so many opportunities out there right now where you have the opportunity to literally back things up three weeks. Take it back three weeks from when we just started this um, big run again and buy the projects that you were sitting here kicking yourself over saying, God damn it, I should have bought the graph. God, why didn't I take more time to buy more Cardano, says Chris, our producer. Now, now Chris has the opportunity to buy more Cardano. And it's going to be at a beautiful price. He can maximize his returns off that or even start dollar cost averaging off of it. But Richard, what are you doing in that case before we move on um, to our next segment? So in my own personal portfolio and things that I try to do, um, I have, I call it my crypto savings. And basically it's opportunities when dips come for projects I've been waiting to get in and I see a threshold. That's when I save a portion of that and buy it. Um, for example, one of the ones that I was looking at a couple of weeks ago um, was a jig stack. I was looking for an entry point that made sense to me, which is basically below 0 0.01. Uh, as soon as that happened, I got a good portion, let it ride. Sure enough, uh, now it is doing uh, pretty well over the last several weeks. Several, so there several other examples, but I guarantee you if Solana somehow gets back to $110 or less, I am going to spend so much money. So... Uh, BTFD, whenever it makes sense and whenever you have some liquidity that, that makes sense and you're comfortable with spending. So look, but, we, look, we hope that you at the very least have come to understand FUD a little bit more today and understanding the process of going from FUD to the blood in the market to ultimately buying the dip. But again, if you have a topic that you would like us to cover on an upcoming segment of Crypto Decrypted, let us know. You know where our handles are at. You can also get in touch with us through our um, Twitter handle, I'm going to throw up on screen real quick. But for those of you who are recasting with us on the podcast, we like to recast these streams through the podcast um, two or three days delayed. But you can follow us on Twitter at underscore cryptocurrent underscore, or you can reach out to us at our own handles <clears throat> and ask to join our private Telegram channel. 
where we basically are answering questions throughout the week, but also providing up to the minute analysis as to what's going on in the market. So Richard, what do you think we should be doing next? Do you want to jump into the next segment or is there something else that you'd like to bring up to the audience? Oh, it's time for blockchain bets. All right, man. Well, in that case, let's jump into our next segment. As Richard had told you, it is called blockchain bets. Every single week here, we like to give you one pick, a large cap, a mid cap, and a micro cap pick that we think has high upside in the next week. And for that segment, we always like to bring on our producer, Chris, to give you a third valuable perspective because yes, there are people in this world that are intelligent beyond Richard and I. So Chris, welcome on. We're very glad to have you. Glad and to be let's, here. Let's dive into some blockchain <laughs> bets. This past week, we like to you know, continue to follow up on who wins out, who does the worst week over week. And I'm very proud to report that Richard lost this past week. So Richard gets to pick first. So Richard, what is your large cap pick for this week? Well, first time for everything after, you know, two straight weeks of being on the throne, I guess. Every once in a while, I got to get knocked down. But I'm buying the dip. I'm picking the right ones. I'm not going to sit here and let Solana just keep going to the moon without picking it. My pick is Solana. It's a great pick. And I, again, I think that right now, there is only more up for it to go. And I think we're going to see it probably kick um, Tether down another peg here shortly. I would not be shocked to see it in the top three anytime soon. So um, moving forward, Chris, what is your pick this week? You know, the segment is called Blockchain Bets. So I am going to make a bit of a bet here. September 12th, uh, Cardano is a very big upgrade coming to their network. They're going to be having smart contracts. So I'm betting right now that it's going to go very well. This is going to kick off without a single issue. And Cardano is going to the moon. So I'm locking in ADA for my uh, large cap pick of the week. And there's no doubt that Cardano is a great project in the long term. To me, in my HODL portfolio, I have Bitcoin, Cardano, and maybe a little bit of Ethereum. But based on the way that that network's going lately, I'm not sure I'm going to keep it there. Um, my pick in the large cap round this week is Ripple, XRP. I am personally of the mind that we're about to see the SEC come out and say, we made a really big mistake in accusing this project of being an unregistered security. And I think it's coming in the next three weeks. But I think that right now, the speculation is so high and the rumors are flying. And as we've already said, you buy the rumor, sell the news. To me, I think Ripple is the perfect pick for a large cap um, this week in my blockchain bed, which leads us into our mid cap round. So again, guys, the way that we go about this is we think large cap is the top 25 coins. What are, what's the best pick in the top 25? Then we go mid cap, which is the 25 to 100. And then micro cap is all bets are off. It's anything after that. So my mid-cap pick this week is The Graph. And The Graph is one of those projects that Chris likes to say um, there's a lot wrong with. But in my world, I think that you have a lot of really big players coming out in support of The Graph right now and a lot of projects that are integrating it. When I look across the entire marketplace of crypto right now, I see um, specifically Chainlink and The Graph doing really unique things in their spaces. And they're controlling their spaces. So as these front runners in specific categories, I think the graph has more integrations than any other project that is a query or analytics tool. So for me, I like what the graph is doing. And I think that they're going to have a really nice pump in the next week. Chris, I'm not going to give you the opportunity to talk about the graph. You can talk about it on Friday's show. So please come back and join us on Friday for another <laughs> Cryptocurrent Live, where Chris and I will be talking about the graph. 
Um, Chris, what is your mid-cap pick this week? So kind of riding with uh, pick one, I'm going to be betting again here. I don't know if anyone watching saw the news today, but Steph Curry, you know, he bought an NFT like last week and now he wants to get into crypto. And what other exchange would he go to than FTX? So that dropped on Twitter a few hours ago. I'm going to be riding with the FTX token because attaching, you know, Steph Curry's name to a crypto exchange is kind of a big deal. And hopefully we're going to see a large increase in the number of people using that and driving my pick up this week. I have to think it's a really safe bet right now, guys. FTX next year is even going to be bringing out its own derivatives in the US. Um, They've got nowhere else to go but up. And honestly, if you want to think about any project that Sam Bankman-Fried happens to be behind, it's safe. It's very, very safe. Um, so Richard, I'm going to pass it back to you. What are you wrapping up our mid-cap round with? What is your pick? So my mid-cap is going to be ThorChain. Again, I am a pretty big fan of ThorChain and entire ecosystem. Um, quite a few exchanges are trying to look to go that way, especially as more decentralized autonomous organizations are coming into play. Um, you know, Eric Voorhees uh, came on the show and kind of talked about how ThorChain was very instrumental with building out his ecosystem and everything that they have going on with their exchange. So ThorChain, it actually had a gigantic pullback and I think there's still a whole lot of room and legs for it to run. That's going to be my pick for this week. And honestly, I think there's something bigger to be said there too. Richard, when you're looking at projects that like end up experiencing a hack because ThorChain got hacked, that's the biggest reason it pulled back. Are you still feeling confident about projects like that when they've been hacked or are you proceeding with caution? It's how, however they respond. So what they did, which was really cool, is the people that got hacked, they immediately gave them their money back. And then the other part of it was they immediately said, hey, um, we want hackers to come and try to hack us again. And if they do it, we're going to give you X amount of ThorChain. Like they got in front of it, they rolled with the punches and they made sure that their infrastructure was even stronger. So they went about it the right way and gave me all the confidence back and the price reflected. I mean, the, the price drip, uh, dipped all the way down to around $3. And as it stands today, I think it's closer to 10 And I think it's, again, still has a lot more room to run. So uh, that's why I feel pretty confident that Thor, Thor chain and what they got going on is continue to thrive. Awesome. Let's move on to our next, mic, um, next micro cap round. Richard, what is your micro cap of the week? Um, my micro cap of the week is going to be called BlockBank. So BlockBank uh, just came into the market this year, a couple months back. Uh, they are creating a lot of different ways ultimately for you to earn um, APY with their system and what they have going on. But one of the coolest things they have right now is their staking, where they're basically letting you get, I think it's close to like 200% APY if you uh, leave it in there for about a year or so. Um, but you can always pull out, I think, a month to month. I think they do a month to month contract um, for you to do it. So you don't have to necessarily lock it in that long. But all the same, APY is great. And uh, it's also been, a, the price has been pretty solid um, the last several weeks. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with BlockBank. Yeah, and I wish that more projects would take that type of lead of being able to have shorter term windows of staking. Um, I know of a couple that are currently operating under about a year staking window, and I think that's a little bit too excessive. Um, so in the current market, I can totally understand why BlockBank has a lot of, a, a lot of appeal. 
Um, but let's yeah. throw it over to Chris. Chris, what is your micro cap pick of the week? And can you tell us a little bit about it? So my micro cap pick of the week is going to be Kava. Um, it's something that Steve reminded me earlier. He has brought up quite a bit on these live streams. Their mainnet went live, I think about 8 days ago now. So it's a, you know, a project I really like, mainly because they are kind of built around staking. And I've talked a lot about this on a lot of live streams um, all over our content and that I love staking. It provides you know, incredibly secure way to grow your money at insane guaranteed return rates. And I love that. I think right now, if you have enough Kava and put it on the mainnet, it's something like a 28% APY, which is absurd. It's even higher than crypto.coms, which I talk about a lot because they have great uh, APYs. So, you know, I love it. Mainnet launched about eight days ago. I'm, I'm riding with Kava this week for that micro cap. Awesome. Which will bring us to our last micro cap of the week. And that is going to be my call of card starter. Um, I decided when we were doing this draft that I do not want to allow Chris to simply run away with it. Um, I am right there with him. I think that Cardano is going to absolutely fly this week, um, given that they are officially doing their hard fork co combinator event on Sunday the 12th, or if it's Saturday, I don't know. They're doing it on the 12th. But the point is, is that when this happens, I like to think that a lot of the ecosystem projects are going to run. And the biggest ecosystem enabler right now is Cardstarter. It's their launch pad. It's where they're doing every single Cardano project. Is it is worth their salt is launching on Cardstarter. Yes, there are other ecosystem plays that you can use and other launch pads that you can use on the Cardano ecosystem. Occamfy is one of them. But I am picking Cardstarter because I would like to destroy Chris this week. So <laughs> that is going to wrap up our blockchain bets. Guys, how are you feeling about your picks? Do you think that you're going to come in or do you think that you're a little bit hesitant given other developments today? I feel confident. I think Cardano, as much as I want it to thrive, I hope it does. I think there's a lot. It's hard to have this much hype built up after all these years and for it to not go off without a hitch. Um, I think, you know, we're seeing a run up right now. I think we might see a pullback in consolidation. Um, but if it goes off without a hitch, I think it goes to the moon. So, but I'm I am betting that uh, Cardano doesn't necessarily do that. We see a little bit of a pullback, and then I'm going to BTFD and then watch it go to the moon. Awesome. And again, I'm really glad that you finally made the the decision to like pull the trigger. Because um, a couple of weeks ago, when I was in Austin, you finally decided to pull the trigger and bought Cardano when we were in the middle of the lull still. Um, so I'm very happy for you that that worked out. Oh, I am um, too. Nice little 2X. I appreciate well, it. Well, Chris, I'm curious. Are you worried about anyone in particular this week that's um, drafted against you? Do you think that anybody's got a really a really solid stack? Um, really, I, th I think the only one that's like a solid pick is Solana. But because we do blockchain bets based off percent increase, I'm not really worried about anyone. Um, I think my mid-cap could kind of not win out in terms of percentage, but I think it's still going to do well. Um, but it is comparatively high to my other two picks. So other than that, I'm feeling good. Hey, I haven't lost a single week. I come in second every week. So well, here look, we are. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Talladega Nights, but if you're not first, you're last. So 
Thank you again for joining us for another Blockchain Bets and another great edition of Cryptocurrent Live. We've got a couple little pieces of announcements for you and uh, reminders regarding upcoming news that's going on in the community at large um, in the upcoming set of weeks. As we've already told you, this um, upcoming Sunday, September 12th, is the Cardano um, Hard Fork Combinator event for the Alonzo Upgrade, um, bringing smart contracts to Cardano. That's a huge, huge event. Um, there are also other events going on in the ecosystem. Um, there are certain projects coming up like a Chili's listing over on... Um, sorry, not a Chili's list, Chili's listing. A listing on Chili's. Um, SC Corinthians, the um, football club, is listing on Chili's in the next week. And we also have... Um, where did it go? We have a lot of other really incredible news coming up and I am not going to be able to find it for you on this stream. But if you are interested in finding more really compelling news, you can always go over to coinmarketcal.com. Um, it's a phenomenal source where you can learn a lot more about the things that are coming up in the crypto world. Guys, what announcements do we have otherwise from Cryptocurrent this week? Richard, what's coming up on the podcast? So yesterday, uh, if you peeped it out and if you haven't, definitely go check it out. We had Jonathan Libby with Steady State basically talking about how bringing insurance into uh, the crypto landscape and, and ways that people can earn really good yield. Um, and then this upcoming Thursday, we have Josh Gillia with thestandard.io. Um, it was a really cool interview. He was actually on the show uh, a couple of years ago, right before I interviewed him right before Christmas of 2020. And uh, of course, with COVID and everything else that's going on, it's really interesting to see how much the world has evolved since then. So definitely a really good interview. Highly recommend checking out. And I actually just remembered the one piece of news that I really wanted to share. So I'm going to share it real quick. If you are at all outside of the United States or very handy with a VPN, I strongly recommend that you get your hands on Immutable X tomorrow. If you're able to get into the public sale, get into the public sale. It is the very first um, NFT scaling solution that's built on Ethereum. It's going to be an absolute game changer for the space. It could theoretically solve a ton of massive problems for the Ethereum network in the lead up to the Ethereum 2.0 drop. Of course, you guys can always find us through these handles. These are our personal handles where you can connect with us on Twitter. Please come on and follow us. Ask us questions. We're more than happy to help. We just want to help people learn. And also, you can follow us again on Twitter at crypto-current. I'm going to make sure that you can actually see all this stuff, not that stuff, other stuff. Great. You can follow us on Twitter at underscore cryptocurrent underscore. But you can also get us on Instagram at cryptocurrent underscore. And of course, you can find all of this content and a whole lot more up on crypto-current.co. Please join our newsletter, get our latest content. And of course, if you haven't already, do us a favor, gently tap upon the like button. We do not wish to hurt the like button. We want it to stay exactly where it is. So please like the, this episode if we um, helped you out and helped you to understand the crypto space a little bit more. Remember to subscribe. And again, remember what Richard always says. Stay cryptocurrent. Appreciate y'all. Talk soon. Later, guys. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. For today's review, we're highlighting two separate listeners. First up, we have Robbie RN, who said, great information and I'm already learning a lot. 
Second, we got Sakels, who said, this podcast honestly helped to make crypto so much easier. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to DeRitterProductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R Productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Cargon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.